Well, what an episode this is going to be. So welcome to Outdoor Man. This episode is about a vegan hunter. It's about Katie, who is an artist, uh, vegan and a hunter. She is a, a considerable um, brilliant artist, but on the off side of that, she's got a bit of an education when it comes to the hunting and the conservation through the, through the art. Anyway, so I sat down with her to talk about when she went hunting, um, her thoughts on ethics, game shooting, and all that goes on in the countryside. But before we delve in, please, please, please hit the subscribe button and, and check all my other recordings out. And without further ado, let's delve straight in. So you've obviously you've done you've done some forward blood, blood origins and um, field sports channel as well with Charlie. Mm. How I mean this is such a weird weird concept. It is unreal. I, I love <laughs> it. I think it's great. Um, I know it's it's such a yeah. I think a lot of people struggle to kind of understand it straight away, especially straight away. They're just like, but how does that work? So um, yeah, I've been I've been a vegan for. Uh, almost five years and I'm also pro hunting and yeah. pro conservation hunting and um, I've been involved in the kind of field sports world with my art um, so I've kind of developed some relationships business relationships in there and um, I've been kind of thrust into this world whilst also being in the kind of vegan world. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's quite an interesting um, place to be because I think a lot of vegans obviously are quite anti-hunting and um, don't know a lot about what the benefits are. And so I think that I'm in a unique position where I have insight into both worlds and I can kind of... Um, try and find some common ground which i really think there are many examples of i totally agree um though i know i've gone it's funny in the last 12 months i've gone from having a horrendous diet <laughs> to trying to fuel myself properly because i'm trying like my triathlons and bits and pieces mm -hmm. um and quite frankly too much dr pepper is a bad thing <laughs> um uh so I've looked, I've changed my diet massively. And I, I even looked at the vegan route and I was very, mm. very much game, game changes has a big thing to do with it all, you know, on Netflix. Um, and I watched that and then I listened to a podcast from Joe Rogan who had a, a vegan, um, uh, um, nutritionist on there and, and, and he talks about it and actually he's now not vegan, various bits and pieces. Mm. And then, my diet went from well, maybe I should uh, maybe I should have a clean diet, and, and at one point I was almost vegetarian, um, mm. and to, and now I started the podcast. I've I've now trying to push, trying to promote game and, and what you can do with it. So yeah. I just try and eat cleanly now, but I can see yeah. exactly where you're coming from, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think with diet and nutrition, like obviously there's so many opinions out there, but ultimately the ones like the diets that work and last and are sustainable for you to like enjoy it is um clean food stuff that's not processed so that can incorporate 
veganism. It could also be like a paleo type thing. And actually, just before I went vegan, I was kind of eating very um, paleo anyways. And and that was like great. And then I kind of transitioned and went through different stages of health and veganism. Because obviously, like, you know, you could be a vegan and eat crisps and dark chocolate all day. But (laughs) Um, it's it's kind of a different thing. But yeah, I think um, lots of unprocessed vegetables based kind of plant-based diet and if that includes meat or whatever then that's your choice but yeah. um, no, I think I think definitely a clean diet is the way forward and, and like I said you know I think I think game is absolutely wasted in the UK and, mm. and that's because it's so abundant unfortunately yeah um, like like in America you've got to actually work for your food mm. if you, you know, and you can't sell it in various and pieces so the UK is very different like that um, which actually brings me on to my next point. So I asked you what was your take on game shooting? Because I know you've done some painting for it, so you've been around it. Um, yeah. But ethics is very is a very grey line when it comes to to mm. shooting in the UK. Well, it's interesting because this is a topic that I've been kind of unsure of for a while. Yeah. Um, and I'm still I'm still in a process of learning about it and trying to get my head around what I think is right and wrong and whatever. Yeah. And um, yes, I've I've drawn some kind of shooting pictures. Uh, they're quite nondescript, so they could be clay pigeon. Who knows? <laughs> um, but it's it's a complex one because you know reared and driven game type of situation. It's not exactly ethical because you know you're you're bringing a life into this world and then it has one direction and it's not you know guaranteed to be killed or anything but it's um it's a little bit less kind of wild than hunting a row would be but um yeah i it's it's hard because i've spoken to a lot of gamekeepers trying to work out you know what the benefits are because i think that's the thing you've got to you've got to look at a topic and go right what are the, all the factors that are contributing and coming out of it? And then you can make a decision because, you know, otherwise you're just not educating yourself. Mm. Um, and, you know, the benefits are incredible for wildlife, for um, conservation of songbirds. And, you know, you, you have that um, money coming in for game shooting which is providing all of these benefits for the landscape of of the place where the shoot is. Um, you're encouraging kind of the growth of um, inhabitable land for wildlife and game crops and woodland and that kind of maintenance, which without that money coming in from shooting, like that's probably not going to happen and you're going to have more just farmland or whatever and so it's it's so hard because it's like there's no real alternative to finding that kind of resource and i think i think it would be great if people like wanted to pay the same amount of money to go and like shoot some cabbages that are flung up or something. Or <laughs> um and may and maybe there needs to be a you know more creative thinking around solutions to yeah i think i think the big the big driven shoots are in trouble in my in my opinion mm. um i don't even know if i could sit here and justify 
um, a three or four hundred bird day. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot come. I know a lot comes out of it. Um, and to be honest, um, I know we release a non-native species and bits and pieces of that. But pheasants are a fantastic looking bird. And if the guests go down that route itself, if a good shoot has what forty percent a year return, that's a lot of birds actually left in the countryside. Yeah, yeah. Um, for people to look at and and. It's it's a funny one. Even I don't even think even I would want to try and justify. I know I said it before um, on one of my episodes, and I can't remember for the life of me the, the figure, but the amount of money that is ch- that changed hands business wise through it's done through shooting is astronomical. I mean, it's I mean that could happen. I suppose you could work happen on the golf course or or something, and it probably would do. But there's something about when you've got and a team a team of eight. And they're together, camaraderie, they're having a good day, they're having a bit of fun. Yeah. I think it works better than it would do on the golf course. And yeah. and that's just one part of the cog that moves the whole the whole machine. I've said it before, said it about fox hunting. Um I love the fox hounds, I love to watch hounds work, I love to hear them cry. Um that's one of my really big passions. But and I know I know it's such a controversial topic. Yeah. Um but if you take out the fact that originally we were trying to kill the fox with a pack of hounds just for a second and look at the work that the the hunt staff do you know they take they take dead game or they take all the dead stock from farmers um they lay covers which originally obviously for foxes to go in but that produces a habitat for birds mm. i mean i think i think the pros overweigh the cons in in my opinion yeah it's 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 kind of a similar thing with you know you can the the very idea of the death of the animal that's the kind of thing that comes out when people think about it or um that's what the press will you know monopolize on but the whole kind of backstory and and yeah everyone that's working towards this thing it, it it's so vastly different from what you think initially and yeah i think it's so important that people start to like you know really take in all the information because yeah it's it's such an emotive issue i think that's the problem with yeah any kind of animal rights thing it's it's a very emotional kind of um problem for lots of people and when emotions get involved then you don't really listen to reason and form no. proper judgments um but that being said like you know obviously i am a vegan and i'm very strongly um you know into my ethics and and that's that's why i'm kind of like in this position of kind of a weird yeah world where that there are a couple of other people that have reached out to me being like i'm the same and I, it's amazing because i thought i was the a only very one. very small niche <laughs> yeah it is very niche but um and well, i think, think you've got it right 100 i really think you've got it right thank you <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying and i'm still learning like i'm i'm learning about shooting and trying to work out um, all of that and to be honest like I don't I've never been on a shoot and I don't know whether I want to um, no. I don't I don't know like it doesn't really interest me that much the, th- the, thing, the thing for a shoot is you'd have to you'd have to go along and see two or three different ones to work out whether you liked it or not yeah. because yeah. you could go somewhere up the road from me a uh, big like 300 bird day and it'd be mass slaughter or you could go to my shoot, which is 100 acres, family shoot. We're all included. Yeah. And 
and you'll see me as well. You know, was he going to get past the gun? Oh, no, it got shot. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, like, oh, not another one. Mm. Um, and then you could go from like dad at Sandringham, and it's completely different again. And yeah. it's a very funny one. I mean, I, I'm not a big driven game shooter. It doesn't interest me whatsoever. I've been there, worked on it. I've done it 12 months, and I hated every second of it. Really? Um, so. But the, um, the other thing I was I've definitely got to ask you is about your your hunting, your deer stalking. Yeah. I mean, you, so you said to Robbie, you you so, so you done it twice now, haven't you? Because you shot a row yes. and then a Chinese water deer, yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I shot the row um, back in maybe four or five years ago. No, four years ago, probably. Um, and yeah, it was a very emotional experience. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was vegan at the time, and uh, but I I believed in conservation hunting, and so I was quite happy, you know, that I believed it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, it was good to get involved, and and yeah, it was it was emotional. Um, and then yeah, back in uh, in the winter in the winter saying it like it was yeah, yeah. ages ago probably still in it but <laughs> just, do it. just doing it yeah uh, i think it was december november can't remember um it wasn't that significant wasn't that much fun <laughs> no, i'm kidding um yeah i went on the field sports channel with um david and paul Chilley, and uh we stalked a chinese water deer and it was yeah it was really it was a very different experience, I think, because it was in front of a camera and um, also I had become a little bit more used to seeing, um, I guess, deer stalking on, online and everything. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't as emotional. It was quite, you know, obviously very humbling and very, um, it was emotive, but it wasn't yeah. the same kind of outburst. <laughs> a couple of yeah, people yeah. were just like, why didn't you cry? Why didn't you get emotional? I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't. Yeah. Like I didn't. Round it. You're not going to get emotional about it. Yeah. You know, I'm the same. Even now. I mean, I and my dad. My dad makes me laugh. So, um, we're very similar. And, and like, if I wound something, I could, yeah. I could give it all up there and then. That's it. It's just my head in. You know. Oh, and yeah. I'm, I feel so sorry for it. And yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm what you'd call a pathetic hunter, I suppose um but... no that's that's good that is like the right way to be because if you don't care about that like come on <laughs> um, and it, it's i find it hard and then and then i find i put so much pressure on myself and mm. everything becomes much harder to do yeah um but but if you head that round it it's it's what i mean i, I I'm, on robbie's um on the blood, blood blood origins episode he said about you know we all have that that sad feeling that once we first walk up to it, and I think it's absolutely true. I don't think there's one person I spoke to who's gone. Do you actually? I don't really care. Yeah, you know, it's all. It's all. You know, mm. all part of it. And I, and um, I'm a big, big, strong believer of that. Yeah, and I think there's a difference between you know getting emotional and having the respect for what you've just done. Yeah. And I think if you lose that respect, if you lose that kind of feeling of wow, I've just I've just killed something. Yeah then I don't think you should be doing it because you're, you're not in the right kind of connective mindset. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, 
it's a funny one. People don't understand, you know, people don't understand it. I mean, like, when I used to fly the eagle for the for the foxhounds, I'd, I'd have aunties come up to me, yeah, how can you do it? You've got the bird of prey, you know, you, you must love animals, how can you do this? And it's like, yeah, but I'm, I've got respect for the fox, mm. I've got respect for the hounds, um, and that bird to do what it's designed to do, which is hunt and, and, and catch, there's no, there's no better in my eyes, no better thing about it. And that's, and that's all three, actually, that's all three things. The fox surviving, the eagle flying and the hounds hunting. There's no, there's, they're all doing what they're designed to do. Yeah. And it's never, ever, ever been about the catch for me, ever. Mm. Mm. Um, that's, that's the thing, actually, it's quite interesting because people not in this world, in this kind of lifestyle or industry or anything, they, they see it as, um, you know, people that go hunting, can't love wildlife because they're killing it but it's like we're the people or not we because i don't really hunt much but people that go hunting people that go shooting they're the most likely to be um you know massive fans of wildlife trying to support it they're the ones that are actually like doing something practical about helping wildlife yeah and and maintaining kind of good population sizes and everything and and it's the, it's very much the opposite of how it's perceived, which is obviously what um, you're trying to kind of educate on this podcast, which yeah. is pretty cool. I, and this is, I mean, I've been, I try and sit on the fence with it all, especially with the podcast. I try and be impartial. Even my Instagram, you get to my Instagram and there's not a picture of a dead animal. Yeah. Um, because that's not what it's about for me. Mm. Um, I know I could get thousands of followers if I started putting up, you know, the foxes that I shoot with a night sight and putting them sort of videos up. Yeah. That's not what it's about for me. It's about trying to educate people on this is why we hunt. This is what we're doing. Mm. You know, if you want to be against it, be against it. That's not a problem. But please understand why we're doing it. So then we yeah. can move forward. And, and because we can't stop, we can't stop interfering now. Because if we stop interfering now, it'll all, the balance is un, it's too unbalanced now. Yeah. So we're going to have to play that game, unfortunately. Well, the, the um, problem ultimately is humans. Like we're so involved in our landscape there isn't really any wild space anymore no. and if we just go oh we'll we'll let nature do its thing like that would be really irresponsible because we've messed around so much and got involved and just our mere presence and our kind of commercial growth of population and it's it's too far like you said it, we can't not intervene anymore i have to smile um so uh saturday morning um i had some news and um my granddad passed away mm-hmm. and i couldn't sleep so mm-hmm. i thought you know, i'm gonna get up i'm gonna go for a run and just like work things out in my head and everything else yeah. so i get the dog at three o'clock in the morning and out we go and um i was running through through my village um up through the well, there's a town it's actually a town um mm-hmm. i was going through some some houses and all of a sudden this whacking great badger just comes flying out of the garden and like my spaniel's like on top of it. I'm like, no, like, <laughs> like grab the dog, pull him back. And, it, and I was like, what are you doing in the middle of town? You know, this is, this yeah. is mental. And, and that, and that to me is a, is a, is a you know, shows really what we, we can't not intervene now because, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're integrating too much mm-hmm. and, and we've got to, um, someone else said to me, I think actually it's in Berry. Somebody in Berry has got um, a muntjac and a baby muntjac living in their garden mm. in the middle of town. So unfortunately, we've got to do something to help 
yeah. balance it out because yeah. because there's no in between anymore. Yeah. Um, and I was going to ask one more question, but I think you're fine. We've covered it anyway, which is the um, the hunting and conservation working together. But I think we've just just done that one. Yeah. Um, but no, it's interesting. I mean, I love it. I don't know. I don't know. Start to record a, a video for um, small birds in the garden and how to get them in. Uh, I, I talk. I talk about how everyone's got like minimalist gardens and and mm. and stuff. So we need. You know the likes of, of, of myself and and you to push the word that actually outside of that you know your house the garden we need to do more to help the birds because otherwise we're going to have yeah have nothing yeah i'm um, i'm so fortunate here because um we've got a very nice garden and there's lots of songbirds around and i've become a bit of a twitcher over the last <laughs> lockdown yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, actually all, all year <laughs> um but it's such a joy and and i think it's difficult to even imagine like those birds not being around or yeah. you know just seeing magpies everywhere and yeah. some people do and some people have gardens full of magpies seagulls and crows and that's it and it's just you know we we want the diversity because it's wonderful and yeah. um yeah i think i think with conservation it's just it's a very difficult subject to kind of educate on because people that are not involved in hunting have very strong opinions like i, I think most people have an opinion about hunting if they yeah, know about the it. there's no sit on the fence with it you can't no. sit on the fence. yeah and I, I think honestly i think that um a lot of judgments and kind of presumptions about hunting are formed in childhood when we watch things like bambi or <laughs> um hunters or of fox and the hound and it's incredible how that kind of influence can just carry on and it's it's scary because it's like you know five-year-olds forming opinions that yeah um, i done something very stupid um because of my humor um <laughs> last year i think it was I had, a, I had a young boy and his father come out with me around the pheasants and i was checking my pulse and um I shot a rabbit for my um, for my eagle, and he went, "Oh, it's still twitching." And I went, "Yeah, yeah." Have you seen Watership Down? He goes, "Yeah." I said, "Well, this is the black rabbits come to get it like that," and you can just see the father go, "Oh," no. and, I, 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 and that was it. I almost made an ante there and then. You know, this, yeah. this little boy oh, was, no. it wasn't the best move I've made. Yeah. You know, <laughs> another analogy, I think. <laughs> well, it's it's amazing because they obviously they. Um, personify animals very very well and successfully and we love it and we watch it and um, but you know we can't then allow that to influence us too much because no. it's a very different story and and I think that is one of the hardest things that I've had to kind of talk about with non-hunters or vegans or anti-people um, is that you know it is killing something but it's for its benefit as a whole yeah. species and that's i think that must is is partially like our kind of individualistic um mindset as a as a as a population now as humans yeah. we kind of think of the eye and so if you think of the eye in terms of the deer that you just shot yeah okay that's pretty unfortunate but ultimately like that is 
helping to contribute a healthy population for the whole species so that there is longevity in its you know survival and it's it's a difficult concept to wrap your head around because it's kind of like a not a sacrifice but it's a a something that has to happen for the benefit down the road and yeah, it's hard no, to see that kind of in the present moment um seeing that kind of future long-term perspective um, oh, I, I agree you know, I, uh, I said to you on the phone like you know i see shooting and conservation you know like um like a baking a cake you know if you miss the eggs out or the flour you're not going to have the cake it's going to be ruined and yeah and that's the way i that's the way i still talk about it now mm -hmm. you know it needs to be we all need to be there to make it whole and to do it yeah well thank you very much for doing it it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you oh, it's lovely to see you well i told you it was different and it certainly was that was katie who has well, I can't say thank you enough because that has, has been this, this episode has actually made my day to record it. So uh, just another, just a little thank you again to her, and also check out um, her website, which is in the description below, um, for the art. And that's it. Subscribe, like, share, comment because it doesn't work without you. Thank you very much. Till next time, catch you later.